Hi there and welcome to our Supporting Your Child's Mental Health podcast. My name is Claire Boyle and I'm the Events Manager for Witherslack Group and I'll be hosting today's session which is um, sort of a roundup of a recent webinar series we organised focusing on positive mental health in children and young people. Now it's a topic which has been on everyone's mind and uh, close to our hearts particularly over the last year and so it was no surprise to see that we had a a really big response um, to the webinars. We tried to cover as much as we possibly could through the webinars. However, we know how challenging this past year has been and also how limited everyone's time is. And so we wanted to provide our listeners with a support resource that wouldn't take up too much time and could be listened to on the go. So today, I'm delighted to welcome Professor Sean Duggan, Chief Executive of the Mental Health Network, and clinical advisor with the Slack Group, and Catherine Roche, CEO of Place to Be, which is a leading provider of children's mental health services in the UK. So thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, now, I know I've given a little bit of an introduction there, but before we continue on with our questions, would you guys like to say a little bit about yourselves and tell us about your work? Sean, maybe you can go yes. first. Thanks very much, Claire. Um, and uh, very warm welcome to all listening to this podcast. It's it's really exciting to be able to do this and, and such an important area. So as well, in, as, well as running the um, Mental Health Network, the NHS Confederation, which is a, a membership organisation consisting not only of the NHS Trust, but also uh, the voluntary sector uh, and the independent sector, all providing services for people with mental health problems uh, across the country. I'm a mental health nurse by background and uh, remember working with uh, children with mental health problems for, for many years and managing those services throughout my career in the NHS uh, and it's remained a real passion of mine to make sure that we get the best possible services and response for children that need that need that uh, when uh, when the need need arises and we do know that during the pandemic there's been particular pressures on on the mental health of families so we'd like to uh, have a discussion about that with you thanks very much claire great over to you now catherine um thanks claire and sean lovely to see you uh so i'm catherine roach chief executive of place to be a children's mental health charity um, we've been around for around for over 25 years now and very much focused on working and providing support for children based within schools and from there working with class teachers, school leaders and most importantly also working with parents all in support of a child's mental health and our work very much um, crosses over and brings together education and health and a child's engagement within school um, as well as, as the mental health perspective. Okay, that, that's great. Thank you. Okay, so shall we start with our questions? Um, so to start with, um, in your opinion, how do you think that the pandemic has affected children's mental health? So I'm, I'm happy to kick off with that, Claire. Um, so I think uh, it, it's obviously, I mean, the pandemic, it's been challenging for absolutely everybody. Um, but particularly for children in terms of the change and the, and the disruption in children's lives as we've worked through the different series of lockdowns. Um, I think uh, school is that everyday place for children 
um, to be. It's where they, especially for the little ones, so for the for the younger children in primary schools, it's where they interact and see their friends and and seventeen, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's absolutely their routine. And then I think so. The change and the shift to being at home and missing out on seeing their friends on a daily basis. Um, that that's been a, a significant impact um, for some. I think they have valued and enjoyed perhaps being at home also. And it's been an opportunity for parents to really uh, spend even more time. I know all of us and I'm a, I'm a mum myself um, to juggle the homeschooling with the day to day. Yeah. Um, so so but it's been challenging, but I think it's been challenging for everybody. Um, and, and yeah, I think we've all just sort of, uh, figured our way through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I to add, add to that, um, I, I think the pandemic has been, it, it's been really, really challenging and very difficult. And we, we know for sure from, uh, studies, uh, around NHS England and around government that the, uh, rates of mental health problems is increasing and has increased during the pandemic for children and, and for, and for families. Um, the, uh, what, what we see in, in the NHS is more pressure on the services. So the referral rates increasing, you know, by up to 20%, uh, possibly even more in some areas. So we know for sure that it's affected uh, um, mental health rates. And um, what we need to do is to make sure that the uh, services are there, which is quite quite a challenge. Um, government's taking this pretty seriously and, and starting to put some investment into it, which we desperately need to have. But we also need to keep an eye on, because um, the way we look at it is that we've had the physical pandemic um, and we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Rates are going down. Rates are being contained. The vaccines seem to be working, thank goodness. And we've all played our part in that. But we do know that once the physical pandemic, then it's really the mental health issues. And, and, we're, and we're concerned about things like, you know, pressures on the public purse, pressures on family budgets, things like that. More about that in a minute. But, you know, um, it's not over. Um, and from yeah. a mental health perspective, we need to keep a, a really close eye on the next six months and, and a few years after. OK, so um, we'll move on now to talk about, you know, what signs should parents or carers be looking for to indicate if a child is suffering because of their mental health? I think, Claire, ev every parent knows knows their child best. Um so we know the usual patterns of behaviour. We know what our children are like and how they usually mm -hmm. are. Um, yeah. And I think that's where, within Place to Be's world, behaviour is a real mechanism for a child to communicate. And especially, again, if I think about younger children won't always communicate through words or they might not have the language to communicate. So being really in tune with a child's behaviour and any changes or shifts within that um, is is a real indicator um, as to whether a child is it might be in distress. So the kinds of things, if your child um, is normally somebody who's quiet, um, who kind of gets on with things themselves, if you start to see more acting out, more boisterous um, behaviour or challenging behaviour, that may be a sign that there's something going on. If you see changes in sleep patterns, um, yeah. that's also really frequently a really obvious 
um, kind of indicator. Um, or if a child, if your child, you know, if previously they they've been um, happy and independent and able to kind of head off with their with their friends, if they become more clingy or attached, don't want to leave you, or are concerned about about leaving you being with somebody else again that's another example of a, a change in behavior or obviously complaining about aches and pains and and things like that yeah um so really any sudden or a shifts in behavior is, is yeah. something to look out for yes that that's and as you say Catherine, you know parents parents will know um of, of course although um you know, sometimes children uh, and young ad- adults will want to try and hide uh, the signs uh, and, and and keep that to themselves. I mean, it's uh, fortunately uh, we've tackled the stigma over the years of mental. I mean, really fortunately, we've tackled the stigma. It's not gone away, um, but I think you know, going back ten, fifteen years, I mean, people wouldn't talk about it, and, and children, young adults would. There would be quite a taboo, and uh, again, thankfully, in schools, we're much more open about it. Uh, in society, yeah, much we're more, I think over the last year, it's particularly been talked about so much more as well, hasn't it, within schools? Yeah, and, and, and that lays the foundation for being able to be more yeah. o- open about it, and um, to to not want to hide signs and and, and talk about it. So, uh, and that's really important. Now, you, you'd look for signs, as Catherine says, you look for signs in in changes in mood. Um, you probably, um, you know, because you know your children very well, you just see it in in their nonverbal communication and their uh, and, and their facial expressions, etc. I think if children tend to isolate themselves a little bit more, and uh, uh, if they're usually pretty sociable, but they're not anything like that, then uh, I think yeah. it's just worth checking checking it out. And then I, I suppose a more a serious sign would be, um, uh, as we know, it would be self harm. Um, I think it's more more uh, common mm. with young girls, um, and, and we worry about that uh, self harm because you know that's not um, expressing it in a, in a way that we could um, do something constructive about it, and, and it needs to be uh, tackled. I mean, anybody would 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 want to respond to that, but um, that certainly would be a sign. But yeah, thank, thank you. Okay, so it's sometimes about maybe parents trusting their instincts with those like looking out for those sorts of signs and things like that so okay so let's go on to question uh, our next question now um th- this year's been like an anxious time for most people and so what allowances should be made for children for how children are feeling because of the impact of covid and as parents should we be even more vigilant you know when we're looking out for anxieties yeah i'll, I'll just kick off because i mean i i just think um um Now's the time to 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 allow to 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 give maximum allowances, and that mm. to your children for sure. But I think we all need to make allowances for for all of yeah. us. You know, uh, we've not had experienced anything like none of us have experienced anything like no. this. And and the and the um, the lockdown has gone on for much longer than we thought uh, would be possible. Um, we've got to be very tolerant. I mean, I I've sort of got an eye on. When we when we're lifting restrictions now, I mean, Catherine and I were talking about this uh, yesterday. Going back into the office, just doing things that we would normally do, is going to be a bit of a challenge for some people. Some people will find that yeah. quite difficult. So it's returning to for children, you know, um, returning to school, re- returning to 
go back out and see their friends and what have you. Uh, we mustn't just think it's going to, we'll just drift back into normality. Yeah, we'll because, just snap back sort of thing. Yeah, and, and there is something, you know, we, we've had to change our social behaviour and social fabric, you know, from, from you know, cuddling and, and uh, uh, having physical contact with people that we love and that sort of thing that we take for granted to, to be distant. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, that's, that's uh, not going to be easy and, and we need to make uh, allowances for that uh but of course with children and young people you know boundaries are important uh and um you know there's a limit on the allowance <laughs> we you know children could be a little bit more poorly behaved etc but there are of course uh, li- limit limits on that and parents will know uh, that to be the case but i think the more you know th- this is a time to uh, we do we love our children but you know demonstrate that shower shower your family with love during this time because we're all feeling that extra bit more anxious uh, and if mm. we're prone to depression we're, we're feeling that more depressed uh, as we go forward and children are not um, not exempt from that so it's the time for maximum allowance and i, I i'd go along with that sean um mm. i think it's it's a completely you know unusual time none of us have have been through anything like this so recognizing that in and of itself and that it's normal to feel a bit unsettled or anxious in in a time such as this but i think you make a good point about that there's a there is a limit in terms of children and their and uh boundaries and consistency is so important so being clear about the boundaries, you know, which is just regular good parenting and communicating, talking with your child and just being really clear about those boundaries. I think the important thing is that if a child is anxious, that it just doesn't overwhelm them or mean that they can't yeah. carry on with their with their day to day that, you know, that they don't become so anxious that they're overwhelmed uh, and that really is, you know, sitting down and, and talking with them. And, um, you know, you can you can try doing things like especially um, doing that uh, when you're in the car. Our team will often say for for children, chatting with them, you know, while they're doing something else. So, you know, I know when I'm I'm. Uh, you know, drive to the supermarket, or although I do that on my own at the moment. Um, but if you're in the car driving, now that we're allowed to go out a bit more um, yeah. with your child, where you're not looking at them face to face in that sort of way, you know, so that it it becomes a sort of an add-on to something else that you're doing together. If you're kicking the ball, playing, you know, playing football or playing playing a board game or something, um, and having a conversation to open up. And talk to them um, in that moment to have the have the chat. Then while they're sort of distracted with something else, (laughs) yeah. And I think also you can't you you don't always have to fix things. So as as a parent, sometimes we might think, "Well, you want to we want Mm -hmm. to make it right for our children," but sometimes just actually having a conversation and acknowledging that you know these are very unusual times and that it's okay to not feel okay those sorts of that in itself is important because you might be able to actually fix whatever it is but just acknowledging it is important just on on that point for the uh, well-made point that Catherine made I think I think the experts uh, are saying uh, quite rightly we um, there is a normal level of more anxiety uh, feeling a bit low because of what's going on 
that w- what we mustn't do is over what we call over medicalize. So uh, over, um, you know, overrate what's happening with this is this is really you know an illness. It's a problem. You know, actually, it it is. It, it, we're definitely all feeling a bit more anxious. We're all feeling a little bit more down, etc. And so there's there's another reason why we've got to give that more of an allowance. Um, we'll come on into in a minute, but of course, when somebody needs help, then we need to get the help. But um, uh, there is uh, there is a normal amount of anxiety around at the moment, and um, we just need to manage that ourselves. And it's things like you know, for children, it's um, it's. It's allowing children to be resilient. It's building up their confidence. It's really maximising self-esteem. Those are the really important things. And as parents and um, people that, that are surrounding children, we can we can do that a lot, you know, because now's the time, yeah. Okay, so sorry about the technical issues there, everybody. And um, we'll get back to our questions now. Um, so, um, so if parents and carers are concerned about a child's mental health, what can or should parents and carers do next? Do you want- uh, Claire, so, Claire, I think um, if you are worried, uh, bringing up the conversation uh, uh, with with your child yourself. But as Sean said, obviously reaching out uh, to get additional support if you have any concern at all that it's something beyond something that you can that you can deal with yourself. And that's reaching out to your GP. It could be somebody at your child's school um, mm-hmm. also. Um, that, that's great. I need to touch on. Yeah, I, I think and it, it, this is really, if you're worried, then, yeah, the first the first point is, yeah. is, is talk, talk it through. Um, there's some fantastic advice on... A uh, number of websites, but I, um, NHS England and Public Health England. But if you go through NHS England's website, it's open to everybody, um, and uh, just Google the question. Just talk about you know um, ch- uh, children's mental health problems. There's some brilliant advice and latest guidelines, all evidence based, all done by you know uh, clinicians and people in this field that are academics as well. Um, and it goes through step by step about, you know, it's, it's not just about talking, it's how do you talk and, and, and how do you listen and, and what should you be looking out for and what are the early signs. And that, that's, there's some really good stuff on there. Um, also, I think, um, certainly on the place to be, I've gone on the place to be website, there's fantastic resources there mm-hmm. that would help you, particularly on, obviously, that, from that point of view, it's a schools based. Uh, issue, but but uh, general advice as well. Young Minds is a very very good charity that Catherine uh, and I rate hugely. Yeah. And uh, there, there are not only is there sort of online resources there, but um, uh, there's helplines, and the helplines have really just talk to somebody about it. There's no harm at all, is there, in, in just talking just about it? And if the, phone, the answer yeah. is actually this is fairly normal. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, but at least you've made it. Uh, you've you've gone through that process. Um, so the, uh, what I would say is there is an awful lot of help out there. Um, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And we know that for when people have um, pretty serious issues with their children and young people, getting referrals into the specialist services can be slow. And, and we're trying to address that over time. Yeah. It does need a bit more money to do that. We're trying to address it. But that's further on down the line. When you pick up early signs, it's really important you do something about it uh, quickly because it's um, mental health issues the same as physical health if you leave it 
um, it doesn't get any better and yeah. it could get worse. So it's important to do something. And, and, and if you're worried, of course, the gatekeeper, from a health perspective, as Catherine says, is your GP. Um, yeah. And we find across the country that some GPs are more geared up to this than others, but that's the same with everything. Um, but uh, but uh, even GP practices these days, it's very usual to have mental health practitioners on site or very accessible. Um, to, and we're trying to um, increase that as we go uh, over the next uh, few years. And then, as Catherine say, um, you know, your children at school, um, a lot of schools have resources now where you can um, uh, get help via the resource at school um, and, yeah. and look out for that. And most schools, are, um, and Catherine's been leading this, uh, uh, most schools now at the governing level are looking at mental health for their children to be a priority and trying to have systems in place so they can do something if they're worried about children's mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important, isn't it, to know what the next steps are if you have got concerns. So, you know, I'm sure that that last question will be will, will help people, you know, if, if they are having worries and, and, and looking to know what, what the next steps are. Um, so we've all spent a lot of time separated from our, our friends and family over the last year. Um, but as routines and, and life starts to return to some kind of, of normal, what role can friends and, and family play in this journey? A massive, uh, you know, huge yeah. role. You know, it really, I can't, well, can't underestimate the importance of family and friends. And because family and friends in normal, usually love the children, don't they? So, I mean, what, mm-hmm. what better is, is that than, yeah. you know, I often say that, you know, people say, well, what advice can I have for, for my children and, uh, you know, to build up their resilience and so shower them with love, you know, and that's what we can do as friends and family. I always remember my daughter years ago who um, I thought was struggling a little bit and I, I wasn't getting anywhere to talk to her, but then I discovered that she was talking to my sister, her auntie, a yeah. lovable auntie, and it was fantastic, you know. Yeah. Auntie Colette was absolutely brilliant. Um, so it's, it's really important and, you know, as you say, Claire, we've lost a bit of that because mm. of the, the year lockdown, you know, on and off lockdown. Yes, of course, we've had um, uh, video conferences and FaceTimes and WhatsApps, what have you. It's, it's really good. But, but the loving family, um, you know, it's, I think we all need to invest in that or yeah. play our part in investing in that because the children will flourish in, in, in that area. Yeah. Um, completely agree, Sean. Fam- family and friends play a, a huge, huge part, um, and and particularly in terms of well-being. And going back to acknowledge that this has just been such an unusual time. So, and and not every concern or anxiety needs professional um, medical help and yeah. input. As you said, we mustn't over medicalize things, and that's where. Initially, friends and family play such an important part in just in everyday well-being and, um, you know, in in helping us all get back to a greater sense of normality and whatever our new new normal world will be. Absolutely. And, And whether that's just even kind of being able to, you know, just rant and 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 just say get something off your chest exactly throw off some steam 
um, because as as parents, looking after our own mental health and well-being is so important so that we're then in a much better position and there for our children as well. So that's very much where the network of friends and family around us um, play play an important part. Yeah. And I think so, young people actually also, Claire, we, we also know, and kind of going back to research, especially for the for teenagers and for adolescents peers become such an important group they really look to their peers and that's been one of the difficult things through lockdown is that they haven't had that day-to-day connection with their peers um as as they they start to grow up and have greater sense of independence they look to each other so so you know the teenagers and our 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 children as they grow into their teens looking out for their friends that friendship group plays a really important part yeah i mean and so moving on from family and friends i feel like we sort of already covered this question a little bit um but i'll we'll we'll have a chat about it again and so moving on from family and friends what sort of specific or professional support is available to parents and carers so, so I mean, Catherine's uh, will be yeah. a really good person to talk about this, but but professional support to parents and carers. Um, I always say that um, obviously our priority is our children. We will want the best for our children, of course. In order to do that, you've got to look after yourself. It, it, it's it's a lot to <laughs> it's a lot to expect of parents, but and it's a tough job at times. But in order for you to give the best to your children, you have to look after yourself. And as we said several times during this conversation, it's been a tough time um, and it's, it, it probably will get a bit tougher uh, as, the, um, as the economy uh, starts to get a, li- a little bit more challenging as we go forward. Um, but so it's really important to, to look after yourself. There's loads of self-help uh, out there for uh, parents and, and carers. Again, there's a, a whole raft of things online, and it's good quality, evidence-based things that you can do, like mindfulness or um, you know particular exercise to to just cope with stresses uh, during the day, which will have take some time. This is before the professional advice kicks in, but take some time uh, to to have some time for yourself. Do things that you enjoy doing. It's it's really really important. See your your peer group, your friends, your family, your peer group, uh, because then you'll be in a much better position to look after the uh, the, the challenges of, of your family. Where, where you need any help, I think it, the gatekeeper is the GP. But I mean, prior to that, it is good to talk, talk to friends and. Uh, um, because I think we do know now, for sure, with mental health issues, when you're feeling a bit low and feeling anxious, it's really important to be in tune with, with what you're feeling and to talk, talk it through. And as I say, as we've tackled stigma, it's easier to do that. But if you need to go and talk to your GP, they are all kitted up for it now, and most GPs have um, some uh, practitioners at the practice to help. We also know that in terms of professional support, uh, we did a lot of research over the years into psychological therapy, talking therapies. Um, they're effective. You know, you, you've heard of cognitive behavioural therapy and various other derivatives of that. They are very effective. They're evidence-based. They work quite well. And when we're feeling bad, when we're feeling depressed or very anxious, we, we tend to over-dramatise things. We tend to worry a lot. Then we sort of yeah. we catastrophize 
things, things will go horribly wrong. By and large, they don't. You know, this is just normal pressures in life. And cognitive behavioural therapy helps you to sort of think through that and work out the thoughts in your mind to be more resilient and be able to cope mm. with the pressures. Because then when your children come to you with the pressures, you know, you want to be uh, aware for that. So there's lots of stuff online um, and, and uh, there's some good quality stuff. Again, I would go into reputable sites like obviously NHS England and Public Health England and some of the charities we've mentioned. But uh, go and uh, go and see your GP. And from there, if you know you do need some specific professional help, it would be the GP that would help you do that. It's important to um, uh, sometimes challenge. You know, don't accept uh, a rebuff from the GP if you're really feeling low. You know, you may have to be a bit assertive with the, the general practice. They're used to that. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, and, and if it's your spouse or somebody you love, you may well want to be an advocate to make sure that people get help. And I think mm-hmm. I, I'd just add, Sean, you mentioned earlier the, the Young Minds Parents Helpline um, is, a, is a great resource, is a really great, uh, a great site. Um, uh, I can give you the, the number for anybody who, who wants it, 0808 um, And it's a, a brilliant helpline. Um, and then if anybody feels kind of at the other end of things, if if you feel you are in, in crisis, um, then there's a Shout. So again, which is a charity, um, uh, which is a, a texting service that's available 24-7 round the clock and they have been phenomenal throughout the whole pandemic um, and that is they're there uh, there's a person at the end of the text they are as I say 24-7 um, and can can help and provide guidance to help somebody in that moment of, of crisis yeah. whatever it is okay that that's that thanks for that information that's so that's so important um Okay, so and I'll move on to the next question now. I feel like it's something we've, we've touched on a couple of times. Um, it's like the internet. So, you know, most people do head directly to the internet when they're looking for information on something, which can be, you know, a positive and a negative. So what advice would you offer to someone? Sean, you've already sort of said it. You said go to a reputable site. What advice would you offer to someone looking for support online? So I think for parents especially, uh, every mind matters. There's been a yeah. lot of, of um, investment in trying to bring things together. So every mind matters is definitely one that we recommend all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Minded, if you want to um, some further information as well, um, Minded has a uh, has a resource especially for for parents. Um, and Sean mentioned a place to be his own site. Um, yeah. And there uh, we also have, especially throughout lockdown, we developed a series of resource packs and activities. Because, again, coming back to the time that you can spend with your child, um, engaging in art, creative activities. And we also brought together there's some brilliant things like um, the Daily Mile and physical activities. Yeah. Um, with with uh, children and young people so there's a range of resources but the art room the art room resource packs and the art room at home is something well which I'm personally I absolutely love and we sat down as a family yeah. at one point um doing it uh where you can you know around particular t- themes we had 
music and reading, so stories around a theme that you can read with your child, and then some creative activities, um, which which can be fantastic for yeah, engagement sounds with everyone. Fantastic, yeah. I have nothing to add. Very comprehensive. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, have we, have, are there any final thoughts? Is there anything else that anyone would like to add? There's been some great, really great discussion today. Um, so has anyone got anything they would like to add at all as a final, final thought or, or message? I, I just think that um, what we're trying to say in, in, the, in the mental health world at the moment is that it's as important as physical health you know yeah. some of you will have heard the term parity of esteem what that means is we're trying to ensure that uh, the same amount of value is attached to mental health as in physical health so if uh, uh, if somebody breaks a leg they'll get care you, you'll get seen by a medic very quickly if somebody mm-hmm. develops a mental health problem, that may not be the case. It could be a long time after. We need to we need to get that put that light. So what that says to us is that um, mental health is really really important, and it's good that we're just like doing uh, this series of events about it. Um, it. Nothing to shy away from. It's more important that we uh, that we do the contrast to shying away and embrace the importance of mental health and and support each other, help each other, uh, yeah. and um, you know. But it's the old cliche, really, together we'll get through this. And that's what family's yeah, for, isn't it? Yeah, it's important it? for everybody, isn't Work it? together, it, yeah. To, you know, good mental health is important for everybody in the family, you know. I think I'd add, look after yourself, be kind to yourself, uh, especially as a parent. Often so many people look to you. Uh, and it's so important to look after yourself within that, not feel guilty, know that you can and you should, and it's good for your own mental health and well-being. And when you're in a good, positive state of mind, then you're even better equipped and better able to yeah. support and help those around you. So, you know, it, it's kind of the, the, the old things, you know, um, diet, make sure that you're thinking about what, you know, what you eat um, that you take time, that you you do something that you enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, and also, Sean mentioned the physical activity. So get out for a walk, do that. I've become obsessed with counting my steps on my, on my, know, phone, yeah, on my phone. I'm not sure I should be. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, always feeling like I should do a bit more, but never mind. But yeah. um, doing, you know, t- taking time out for yourself and doing some activity that you enjoy just for you yourself, I think, is also important. Yeah. And, and, and just a quick addition to that. We, we now know much more about the correlation between um, lack of sleep and mental health issues. Um, it doesn't take much to work that one out, but we now know for sure that if you if your sleep pattern is, is out completely, you're more prone to feeling more anxious, depressed. Uh, and as I say, it's pretty obvious, really. But um, the importance of managing sleep, I can't stress that enough. And again, yeah. online, there is so much decent information. Uh, the Mental Health Foundation is another great charity. They have done a lot around sleep and uh, and, and mental health. And they were top tips, you know, uh, fairly yeah. straightforward ones. Ones that we might not like to hear, but but they're there and they're evidence-based and should make you um, feel a bit, uh, have a better sleep pattern. Because again, as Catherine says, you're more, inc- you know, you're better then, you're more resilient. It all has the an impact, doesn't it? All of yeah, those things. Impact, yeah, so. That's brilliant. Thanks. Thanks so much. I mean, it's just some wonderful discussion. 
Um, it was it was really great and, and wonderful advice for parents and carers, which you know will be hopefully of good use to them and and their family. You know, I'd like to say a massive thank you to you both for joining me today and uh, for your time, and a thank you to the listeners as well. Um, if people are listening to this, then they're probably already signed up to the Supporting Your Child's Mental Health webinar series. If not, you can sign up for the pre-recorded webinars as well as access a wide range of support webinars, podcasts and downloadable resources by visiting the Witherslack Group website, which is witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash webinars. So thank you once again to our speakers, our listeners, and I hope you can join us on another podcast in the future which 